one of my students fell asleep while driving. And I noticed one time they went over to the side and I was like, you okay? And they didn't answer me. And the car literally slowed down and stopped. And I looked over and he was asleep. Welcome back to another episode of Drive With Us Podcast. I'm Bobney And I'm Taryn G. And we're super excited to have you ride with us as our drivers take us on some adventurous drives around the world. A little quick car keeping before we meet today's driver. We're starting to line up guests for season six. So if you or anybody you know would be interested in coming on the show, you can fill out the interest form in the show notes below or visit our website at drivewithuspodcast.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And now let's meet today's driver, Key, another fellow Marylander. Woo, Maryland! Key, born in Washington, D.C., is a project management professional, instructional designer, and certified driving instructor who owns a Maryland-based driving school called Aspire Driving Academy. Here's Key. Welcome, Key, to Drive With Us podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. We're so excited to hear not only about your crazy driving stories, but also your driving background. So before we dive into those crazy driving stories, tell us a little bit about your driving career or your driving background. Well, I've been driving since I was 15 years old and nine months. As soon as I was eligible to get my learner's permit, I was at the Motor Vehicle Administration. I've been driving for, I'm not going to tell you how many years, we don't need to know my age, but (laughs) it's been a little while now. I know you have your very own driving school. Tell us a little bit about that and how you started that. I went to the University of Southern California for my master's in education, learning design and technology. And there I learned how to design education programs. So that is my passion. I design education programs of all different sorts. And I always saw advertisements for driving schools, like they would post announcements, like we'll pay you, you know, this amount of money to design a driving school program. And I was like, oh. It must be very lucrative (laughs) if that's the case. But in the end, what really drove me to do it was that I was trying to help one of my friends out and we were trying to think of some ideas and we stumbled upon this commercial property that was for lease. And I honestly believe God just put it in my heart, like, oh, do a driving school. And it just all came back to me and I started the driving school and it has been a wild ride ever since. I can imagine, especially during the pandemic. I can imagine how crazy that must have been. Yeah, I was led by my motivation to help people. Most of all, I wanted to do something that was going to have an impact on others, like their actual lives. I wanted to teach them life skills that could change their lives for the better. Something that people would remember their whole lives. And everybody remembers their driving school experience. The driving school was just perfect from the beginning. Everything fit together. And when it's meant to be, it all comes together. And especially since you're in Maryland, kudos to you (laughs) for teaching people how to drive. I think you're near the DC area, right? Yes. You can always tell the Aspire drivers from everyone else. (laughs) You are also a certified driving instructor yourself in addition to the school, right? Yes, I am. That's been a very interesting experience. It takes about six months just to get certified in the state of Maryland. It's a very long process. It starts with training and going back through driving school from the instructor standpoint this time. So not as a student, but more so observing how you would teach and the instructional methods. And then you end up going and taking a law test where you have to know the law around being a driving instructor and the driving manual in Maryland as well. You take this law test and then they actually observe you teaching behind the wheel and in the classroom. The first time they observe you is just kind of a mock setting with no classroom. But then they actually come back 
and observe you again after you attend advanced instructor training. So you attend advanced instructor training to learn those techniques that we really, really use with behind the wheel. And even in class with modeling certain traffic scenarios and things like that. It's very informative and it's fun in itself, but after that, they come back out and they actually observe us teaching students in a classroom setting and behind the wheel. And then you can finally be <laughs> a certified driving instructor. So it's a bit of a process, but we have been able to get a few people through it <laughs> so far. We still have more people going through it. We're excited about the future and how many more driving instructors we can bring on board. That is exciting. Mm -hmm. Do you have to renew this certification or is it like a once and done deal? It does have to be renewed. And if you miss that renewal date, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> so yes, it has to be renewed every so often, every few years. That's a very intense certification process. I mean, it's good that it is because you don't want just anyone getting behind the wheel and teaching you how to drive. That's very true. Very true. But it also, it gets a little difficult from an employer standpoint and knowing I'm new to this, it's like, how do you retain people while they go through this lengthy training process and apprenticeship process to finally become certified? But we're trying to find a way to make it fun and exciting along the way. If you had to describe a day in the life of a driving instructor, how would you describe that? <laughs> Ooh, living on the edge. <laughs> the day of the life of a driving instructor, did you ever go to sleep is the first question. The second question would be, you're probably waking up not from your alarm, but from a student calling or texting you for who knows what. It's probably something that could wait to two o'clock in the afternoon, but different people have different times of the day they work best. And some students call you at six o'clock in the morning and some of them call you at 11 p.m. And literally both call you though. So it's like you're handling it all day long and they call you for all types of things. Sometimes they just have questions. Sometimes they just need reassurance. And sometimes they've just built a bond where they're used to talking to you. I have students who've already gotten their license and they still call. <laughs> I have a student who texted me the other day asking me about tags. I'm like, I literally don't work for the Motor Vehicle Administration, so I don't know everything they do there, but I did know the answer to her question. Like, it's really fun. The day of the life of a driving instructor starts with students contacting you in the morning. I'm probably calling the Motor Vehicle Administration to ask them some type of question, to make sure you're compliant. Like we try to make sure we're fully compliant with the MBA at all times. So if they tell us to go left, we're going left immediately. If they tell us to go right, we're going right. I always make sure we have that relationship, that open communication. We're just speaking and let me know what I need beforehand or throughout the process so that I don't get out of compliance. You gotta have car insurance. <laughs> you gotta have all of these things. So I'm handling like those business items during the day while students are calling, while new students are enrolling. And most of all, while I'm doing the fun stuff, right? Taking students out to drive. So I actually can teach classroom instruction, but most days I teach behind the wheel. And we have other driving instructors to teach class instruction thank god they're, they're so good at it <laughs> but i really do prefer being behind the wheel with students it gives you an opportunity like am i your driving instructor or am i your therapist it gives them an opportunity to just let out whatever it, if it's some frustrations if it's literally their aspirations that's the number one thing we're always asking them about 
why do you want to get your driver's license? What's motivating you to go to driving school at this time? Once you start asking them some early questions, they're going to start letting it all out. Some people are like, well, I'm in school. All my friends have their license. Then you have other people who are like, you know, I just had a child and I want to make sure I can take it wherever it needs to go. And some people are like, well, I want to drive professionally. I have a job opportunity. You People are going away to school and want to be able to go back and forth. Some people just want to compete with their kids. They haven't driven their whole lives. But now their son just turned 16. They're like, I want to get him before hell. <laughs> So you see the craziest things go on. I'm just constantly in close contact with them, and that's the best part of it. I teach them how to drive, and then I fill out paperwork, the records, all of the ugly stuff that no one wants to tell you about. I have to get that stuff done as well, meet with my team, put out fires, and then finally at like 8.30, I'm trying to wind down, and just as I try to wind down, I crash. Super crazy, but sounds super rewarding. It is because at the end of the day, I get just as many messages from the students saying, hey, I just passed my driving uh, my driving test. Thank you so much for everything. They're like, oh, I knew I could do it. Oh, you made me feel comfortable. And it's just like every, every bit of feedback helps. I love it. That's the best part. When they send us the pictures, when their parents are like, thank you so much. A lot of parents think their children have learning disabilities. A lot of times in the education system, they're just not getting the right type of attention or not learning in the format that lends best to them. So that's what we specialize in at Aspire. We offer tutoring. We offer a literal study in time to get ready for your learner's permit. A lot of parents have come back and been like, you know what? I thought my child had a learning disability, but here you go. You got them right through the whole process. They got their learner's permit. They got their driver's license. You made it seem easy. Like, yeah, we took the time to get to know your child and make it relevant to them. Our instructors are amazing. They use all type of instructional methods. We have an instructor, Mr. Tony, that everyone loves. And he uses like music therapy to kind of soothe students on the break and calm them and get them to open up. Oh man, I wish I came to your driving school. I <laughs> and that's what we that's what we like to hear, literally. My driver's ed experience, I felt like was a waste of money. I didn't oh, get no. anything out of it. Yeah, I know. You're, the way you're describing yours, I'm just like, I wish I had that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been able to do some really fun things in the state of Maryland. They are very strict about what you teach and how you teach it. We've been actually able to get some pretty hard approvals from the Maryland MBA to incorporate some stuff into our curriculum. So it's been really good. We're making great progress. And I think our students are going to reap the benefits of everything that we're implementing. That's so amazing. I wish you... <laughs> continue to get all of these maybe get some awards with that too how would you describe your actual the first time you got behind the wheel with a student what was that like what a good question y'all prepared okay <laughs> i remember my first student i'm not going to name her by name but she was so sweet and she was so nervous she had anxiety around driving because Oh, this is funny. <laughs> she had a, not her, it's funny. It's funny because people always, entrepreneurs always told me you remember your first sale and I never believed them. But now that she just asked me, I'm like, yeah, I definitely remember her. <laughs> so that's what made me laugh. It was funny. But she had really bad anxiety around driving. And I think she had been in a car accident really bad when she was younger and she just didn't care to drive at all. Now she was ready to drive. I would pick her up because we, we provide pickup service for behind the wheel driving practice. So I would pick her up from home and we would drive around. We would practice parking, of course, and, you know, practice everything A to Z. But it was just such a good experience because of the connection. 
<laughs> literally it was the bond that was being built and she made it easy for me it was her personality it was how she was just open to learning and feedback and once I started teaching more and more I realized when you're in this position of authority as a driving instructor they trust you in that way and so her trust made me more comfortable and that break that instructor break <laughs> made me most comfortable <laughs> Because if I needed to an emergency, I could just press the instructor brake and make sure that nothing happened. And we also, if necessary, will grab the steering wheel, but I don't have to do that most times because we teach them well before it gets to that. Now she has a license. She prepared me for the rest of my students. And she's the one who taught me that building that bond, that connection and talking to them is what calms everything down and builds the trust. And the comfort is what allows them to drive safely. Sometimes when people's parents teach them or their spouses teach them, they're more nervous, they're not comfortable, they're scared they're gonna get in trouble or something. That's what I make sure that I work on first so that when they do get behind the wheel, even when I'm not in the car, I tell them I'm their fairy <laughs> driving mother. <laughs> so when I'm not with them, they still hear me in the back of their head, like, oh, use your turn signal, or you know what I mean? Uh, make sure you're breaking going into the apex of the turn. Make a complete stop at the stop sign. And they tell me, even when I'm gone, like, yeah, I heard your voice. I'm like, you better have. We worked on it a million times. <laughs> have you ever had any scary or interesting driving experiences with students? I've had so many. Everything's scary. <laughs> no, no, no. Everybody always tells me, you must be really scared. You got to have a, a good heart to be a driving instructor because it must be really scary. And I'm like, I guess it is, but no more scary than driving with y'all. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so at least the students are on their best behavior. And I would say some of the scariest driving experiences I've had have not been with students, have been with people who are licensed and comfortable behind the wheel. But the most scary incident I've had with a student was probably merging onto the highway. And in Maryland in particular, we don't have very nice drivers. I teach my students not to be aggressive, but to be assertive. Because if you do not in this area, you will not be able to drive. In theory, when you put your turning signal on, you should be able to maybe slow up, look over and see if you can get over. But what are they gonna do here in this area? They're gonna speed up and make sure that you can't get over. So I try to teach them to be assertive. And so we were merging onto the highway. And they just were a little more nervous. And sometimes the drivers behind you are in a rush and they cut in front of you when you're merging over. And a student who's just started won't know how to handle that, though we might. And that was the exact scenario. And there were other cars coming after that eager car. <laughs> and they were just nervous. And we almost hit a car. And it was just very nerve-wracking. But that was probably the scariest experience I've had with a student. Oh, no, no, no. Way scarier than that. Students who stop while driving in the middle of the street, in the neighborhoods, on a highway, yes, on highways, like literally wherever. That's, that's the scariest thing you can do to me. Like literally, if we're on the highway and you're merging, you come into a stop, I'm like, oh no, 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 we speed up to get over. We don't slow down. We, if you slow down, you're going to run out of merge lane. Lane is going to end and you won't be able to merge. Whew. Students who stop when other cars are expecting you to continue to go, like at a green light in an intersection, those times, that's what scares me the most. Because I'm like, these drivers are not paying attention, are in a rush, and somebody's going to run right into us. Oh, that's crazy. Just thinking about, like, I've seen cars that have come to a stop on a merge lane, and it's like, why did you do that? Now they're just sitting there, and all these other cars are coming on the on-ramp after them are just going, because it's like, well, you're never going to make it in now. <laughs> agree. Agree. And that's exactly what I tell them. It's going to be much harder to rejoin traffic from zero miles per hour when everyone else is going to supposed to be going 50, 60, right? Really going 70, 80. So you're trying to go from zero to 70, 80. That's not going to work. That's why we're, we're picking up speed whenever 
we're straightening out and we're coming off of the ramp and into the weave lane, we're starting to pick up our speed so that we can begin to merge. Of course, we're looking into our blind spot over our shoulder. Our turn signal is already on and we're over there. We're not taking a long time to change lanes. We're one second, two second, three second. We're over there by the fourth second. What would you say is your most favorite part and your least favorite part? Of being a driving instructor? Let's start with the least favorite so we can end on a good note. <laughs> um, my least favorite part of being a driving instructor is, wow, it's not the driving instructor stuff that bothers me. It's the owner stuff that bothers me. The records, the compliance, the state records, the IRS records, you know what I mean? All of these things that you have to do in entrepreneurship. The driving instructor part is fun, but I will come up with something. My least favorite thing about being a driving instructor is students who don't understand the time constraints or don't even respect the time. So we can only offer so many lessons at a time. And sometimes students are like, oh, I can't make it today. Give me a lesson tomorrow. I'm like, we got like 200 students scheduling. We like booked a month in advance. So it's like trying to navigate giving them what they need, meeting their needs. Your driving test is coming up. I'm going to make sure that you get the appointment that you need by the time you need it. But sometimes it's going to call on me to give up some of my personal time. Not only me, the other driving instructors, they're giving up personal time as well. We're just trying to make things work. Yeah, I bet. You have like so much demand, especially in Maryland. Everyone's like, please teach me how to drive in this crazy world. Yes, we service all of Maryland, of course, but mostly Prince George's County and Baltimore. Biggest supporters. We love both. (laughs) I would go to war over both. Like literally, we love them so much. They are our biggest supporters. The best thing about being a driving instructor is the people. I told you, it's the people. It's when they tell me like, oh, I got the job or I'm sitting there and we're talking about how to get your license, but then I'm also telling you a career path. Like, oh, you know what? You could do this. This, You're interested in that? Let's put that with that and go to school for that. We're talking about our experiences. I'm learning from them. It's being in the car with them. It's literally just getting to experience all of their knowledge, their different personalities. It's building those connections. The best part about being a driving instructor is the student and my team. They're hilarious. They're talented, they're skilled. I wish I could spend more time with them, but we're all spending so much time with the students that we don't always, you know, get to spend as much time with each other. But the best part is the people. That's amazing. I'm glad you enjoy what you do. What are some skills that you think should be taught in driver's ed that might not always be taught? That's a really good question. It's like, how would I know what I might be neglecting? I think maybe we should teach about police interaction. I think that we should teach about what to do in car accidents. So we just barely grace the surface of car accidents in the curriculum. In Germany, they have a way more intense driver's education program, period. So I know that it's a lot of things lacking (laughs) from our programs here. And so I would love to even have the freedom to one day explore all of those things and just to go to different places and learn how they learn to drive and to bring some of those things back and incorporate them into our curriculum and close that gap. Yeah, we had a guest who's in Spain and she said their test is way more intensive and they actually make you learn a lot more about car mechanics and that's on the driving test. And I was like, well, that's very useful in a sense, like you should know how to change your tires. You should know how to do these different things. We also had a guest say that they should teach defensive driving. Mm. Do you think that's something that should be added into driver's ed? Yes, but in a way we, we do. 
and it happens behind the wheel more so. So yes, I agree. It should probably be in the curriculum as well, but we do cover it in behind the wheel because you have to, because <laughs> you're going to get your chance to experience it. I do think a lot of things is not covered. Like you said, the physics of driving and things like that. Students, they don't oftentimes know that when you're going into a turn, you should be braking, going into the apex, gliding, and then, you know, accelerating, coming out. And I'm trying to teach them like, they're doing this in NASCAR. Like, you cannot skip the braking portion. You need that traction. Yeah, I agree with that. So you know how like on the Maryland test, they remove the parallel parking portion. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this? Is this something that you feel like should still be on the test? Don't get me like, you know, I'm friends with that. I'm sorry to say on the NBA good side. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to critique their test, but I will say this. If you live in Maryland, you're going to D.C. And if you're in D.C., you're going to be parallel parking. So whether it's on the test or not, you will be tested. <laughs> I could say it should be on the test, but it's a million other things that aren't that you will encounter as well. And they're not even going out onto the road anymore. So there's so much that's lacking. I have students who pass, not even my students, but I watch the driving test all the time. Like I know a weird pastime, but of course I'm a driving instructor. So I go up there and I'll just watch. And so I'll see students and I can tell because I do this all day, um, who can drive and who can't. The students who can't drive will pass their driving test because they're careful, taking their time. Da, da, da. And a student who can drive is just <laughs> moving fast. Oh, you hit a cone real quick. So there's been a lot of drivers on the road that are a little shaky. And there's some drivers who can drive are not passing. So I don't know. <laughs> it's not always a clear cut indication of who can drive. You know what I mean? The test itself. I had a student recently and the driving examiner actually came up to me like, if they pass their test today or not, don't let them get on the road. At the end of the day, I can name all type of things that should be on the driving test. The three-point turn is on there, a two-point turn is not. Why? I mean, we do do three-point turns all the time in the road, but maybe if people knew two-point turns existed, they'd do those. <laughs> so I would not say the driving test is a real indication of whether or not you can drive, but it is a starting point. They have to put something out there. We have to try doing assessments. And one day we might be in flying cars, and then we'll have to do something totally different. We'll have to hover. So... <laughs> It will change again. That's interesting. Yeah, but that makes sense. What are some skills that you've noticed drivers who've had their license that they forget after they've gotten their license? Number one, turn signals. <laughs> not debatable. <laughs> Everybody forgets those turn signals. To be quite honest, they are not cautious in the same way as when they first get their licenses. You're hesitant to do certain things. You're driving a little slower. You're looking a few more times. And then you get a little negligent, right? We start to rush we start to multitask. We start to break focus. In the state of Maryland, new drivers can't do things like have other people in the car, drive after certain hours. Once you've had your license and you've upgraded from that provisional to that full license, you're feeling more comfortable. Like, oh, my friends can come in the car with me now. I can blast the radio. I never let my students listen to the music <laughs> while they're learning because it is a learning environment. And music helps sometimes. I just told you we have music therapy, but when they're driving, they have so much going on with their senses already. And hearing is one thing that they definitely need to use. Sirens, when you hydroplane, you hear it and feel it. Like there are so many different instances where you need those senses. Once they've gotten their license, they have the music on, they have their friends in the car. They don't know type of things. They're rushing to work. They're using the GPS. They don't text. Oh Lord, they don't text, please. <laughs> that might hurt me. Please don't even tell me they text or anything like that. They better not. Yeah, that's good. Hopefully they are not. <laughs> 
Let's switch gears a little bit and go into more of your personal driving. What would you say is one of the craziest things that you've experienced while driving? I was waiting for this question. This is the one I was waiting. I was just going down the list of things. Oh my goodness, I have so many. But yesterday, I was a passenger in a car. And I don't know what happened. Maybe we weren't moving fast enough for the truck behind us, but they beeped the horn at the light. Maybe we missed the light. I have no idea. I wasn't paying attention because I was not driving. And when I'm not working, I just literally try to relax in the passenger seat or in the back seat if I really can, because that's the only way I really feel like I'm not working. But I'm not paying attention really. And whatever happened, they beep the horn at the light. We make a left turn in the left lane. It was multiple turning lanes in the left lane. And they make the turn as well in the right turning lane, cut us off and block us. Literally drove in front of us to stop us. We're both sitting in the middle of the street with nothing happening. The person driving the car that I'm in tries to back up and go the other way. The truck goes and blocks us off again. So he goes the other way. The truck goes and blocks us off again, literally, it just stops. And at this point, I'm like, we better teleport. I don't know what these people are going to do. Eventually, we just fell back and they drove off, but they were certified crazy. And I always tell my students, mind your business. Whatever's going on out there, hear about it on the news. Don't stop for it. You can keep going. So in the instance that they blocked us, I'm like, oh, no, we're my not business. We don't have anything to do with you. You don't have anything to do with us. We need to get out of here. It was very nerve-wracking because I have no idea why you want to stop in the middle of a very busy street and literally stop us both. But I'm like, is your rage that bad? <laughs> it's rage. That's literally what it is. It's rage. Road rage, of course, but <laughs> it scared me. And that was just yesterday. Another crazy thing that I've had happen is I was sitting at a stop sign. I was in a passenger seat again, and I could not figure out why this car would not start to move. And the car is making this noise and it's going like this and everything. And we just could not figure out why the car would move. And then eventually it started moving and the driver was like, oh, I had both feet on both pedals at the same time. What? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Why? Oh, okay. This is going on the podcast for sure. <laughs> like, this is crazy. I mean, because I've never even heard the car. It wasn't hydroplaning, but it was very similar the way the car wanted to take off but couldn't. And I'm just like, what is going on here? So that was crazy. I've had people follow us with students. I have no idea why. Literally just start following us. And my students learning how to drive, but now they have to lose a tail. So it just gets crazy really fast. People do the wildest things while driving. I don't understand why. It's one thing that somebody will just cut you off because, yeah, people will do that. I don't know why they get mad. But then they'll keep going. The fact that they just stopped but then kept blocking you. I know they were ashamed afterwards. I know they were real embarrassed this size. What did you accomplish? You made us both late, but it was very scary. I would just warn all students or everyone period. You never know who you're dealing with or how crazy they are. We didn't even, do, we literally didn't, I have done some things. I wasn't always a driving instructor. I might've cut some people out too while I was driving or did something crazy. But at the end of the day, we didn't do anything like that. At most, all I can think of is we were going too slow which was the speed limit. I feel like the rage in like the road rage here in Maryland can get pretty bad sometimes, even when you're following all the rules and maybe you're even like going five above the speed limit. You're not going slow and people still get mad at you for going slow, even though you're Absolutely. going a good speed. <laughs> yeah. I also think every car accident is one of your craziest driver's experiences. I remember I didn't even have a car accident this time, but I was taking one of my friends to the Metro and we were going around this steep turn it was just a sharp sharp turn it's like a it's not an exit but it's, it's similar to an exit the way you come off the ramp 
and it was slick outside. I don't know if it was rainy or snowy. I was very young, maybe 19. And the car started spinning in circles. And I was so scared, not because it was spinning, because that was actually kind of cool to me. That's when I definitely, like, I knew I was too interested in driving, because that was cool to me. But it was the fact that people couldn't see us coming around the curve. That's what scared me, that we were spinning and they couldn't see us as they came around the curve. But eventually we stopped spinning calmly, steered the wheel, got things back straight, and we just took off again. So, of course, God was protecting us. And I remember when I crashed my first car, I was actually sitting still, so I didn't crash it, but I was at a light turning left. And it was this big industrial truck coming towards me. They were supposed to be in the lane beside me, but instead they hit me. And I hadn't turned left yet or anything. I was still in the lane, not even across the white line in front of me. And they just hit me straight on. And I just remember being there and just being like, okay, this might hurt a little, but it's going to be okay. This is the thought. Like everything just slowed down. When you're in a car, those are like the craziest moments because your senses, time slows down, fear plays a different role, all this adrenaline is rushing, and you're like, whose fault is it? Now you're trying to manage that. And maybe that process should change as well, because sometimes in accidents, when we should be more concerned about each other's well-being, we're more so trying to prepare for who's at fault. That's another thing that we might need to change somehow, some way, but we all pay insurance, do we even have to be at fault? I want to know that a person is okay and that they care that I'm okay, not just that oh, whose fault was Like, as soon as you get out of the car, like, why'd you hit me? No, you hit me. Like, are you okay? Are you breathing? Any internal damage? Yeah, get our priorities straight. Exactly. People. Yeah. I feel like when I, I had a, not as serious as yours, I had an accident before I had a red light where someone let go of the brake and just their kind car just kind of hit into the back of my car. Mm. She actually got out and was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Like, that was the first question she asked. Because she ran into the back of you. Had you ran into the back of her, and I really hope her reaction would have been the same. Like, that's what we're sitting here hoping, of course, but it was because she ran into the back of you. Yeah, I feel like it's not really taught what to do in an accident. You just, like, when you're getting your first accident, you're just like, okay, now what do you, like, when I got in that moment, I was like, what do I do? I mean, she didn't really hit me that bad, so I'm like, do I just keep going? Do I stop? I was still a new driver, so I had no idea what to do, and I like, okay, maybe I should stop. But then it's like, when I get out, what do I do? Like, what questions mm-hmm. do I ask? What information do I get? In the curriculum, it touches on the basics. Like, okay, you need to have your insurance cards with you. Call the police if anybody's injured. But you're not telling me who's at fault, how I should prepare, what information I should take down from them, their name, their number, their insurance policy, yada, yada. If they have any injuries, take pictures. Nobody's telling you to take pictures of things. So I absolutely agree that it's something that they need to dive into deeper into the curriculum. And I don't know why this just made me think of another crazy driving story, but one of my students fell asleep while driving. That makes me think, I guess because it's a liability. (laughs) But yeah, they fell asleep while driving. And I noticed one time they went over to the side and I was like, you okay? And they didn't answer me. And I'm like, okay, but they straightened up. He wasn't very talkative anyway. But I noticed when the car literally slowed down and stopped and I looked over and he was asleep and I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, I'm sorry. I was like, don't be sorry. You can go on right back to sleep because you're getting in this passenger side and I'm going to get in the driver's side. We're going to reschedule this. You're going to do it another day. And I think that most important about that scenario is that all students that come to us are not coming, not knowing how to drive. He knew how to drive. So he was driving, and if anybody's in Maryland, you know where Waldorf is, <laughs> it seems like an island. Like you drive straight there, it's far. You might as well be going across the globe. But it was like a long straight trip there. And we were going there to practice the driving test. And 
he fell asleep. He knew how to drive. So I think his biggest lesson in that moment for him having already known how to drive was drowsy driving. So you can't fight it. You can't counter it. You're not going to be able to roll down the window, get some cool air, turn up the music, splash some water on your face. None of this is going to work to keep you awake. Eventually your sleep will win. And most people crash the car when they get closer to home. So it's not when you're trying to stay up on the highway, it's when you're familiar and you're in that area. One of the most important things that we need to teach our students that's not in the curriculum as well, and it's touched on in the classroom, but it's the behind the wheel where they don't touch on these things really. Like how do you literally carry them out and behave? Like what happens? Like what do I do? Okay, you tell me not to drive drowsy, now what? pull over, take a nap, call a friend, don't leave their house to begin with. If you, you know what I mean, it's late at night. We have to teach them all the way. We have to take it all the way and make sure that they know what to do to counter these things and not just tell them not. I, I agree with that a lot because I feel like those things aren't typically taught. And when you're first learning to drive, those skills are important to know so that when you are in those situations, you know how to handle yourself or you know, like, okay, I shouldn't be driving right now. I need to pull over, take a break or I feel like people don't do that when they're tired. They just go. That's okay to take a break. Like yeah. you don't have to do it in one stretch. I think, uh, again, it's cultural. We know we drive. We know people do get tired, but we really make rest areas for like truckers. We don't really have rest areas throughout. Like we have electric charging stations throughout the country now, but just as easy, we can make like a little rest station along our highways. Like come in here, take a nap and be safe. And somehow, I don't know what it looks like, but we can incorporate these things. And like I said, it's just overall things that we can improve on as a people. I love that. I love that idea. I wish they listened to this and they incorporate that. <laughs> oh, they are going to listen because this is blowing up. So they're going to hear it. They're going to be a little late, but they're going to hear it. <laughs> Speaking of the drivers here in Maryland, how would you describe them and how would you compare drivers here to other areas? On a scale from one to 10, with one being like, scared to be behind the wheel and 10 being like, you don't need to be behind the wheel. You're like wildly aggressive, road rage and everything. Um, I say Maryland is like a seven, eight, <laughs> a seven, strong seven, eight. When that happened to me yesterday, I was actually in Philadelphia. They might be a 9.5 easy. And just because they don't have as much space, like to maneuver and stuff like that. But in Maryland, you're not going to find people that are pretty nice. No one's going to just be like, oh, just get over. Like you find somebody that, thank you. Thank you so much. Like, please let them have a wonderful day. Happy birthday. Merry Christmas. Like everything. Like you just want to wish them well. Also though, <laughs> I don't know. People are nice either. When you try to be nice to people, do they even say thank you anymore? They, do they put the hand up? in the middle anymore things are just kind of rude <laughs> in our area but i'm trying like i said i'm trying to make a difference with our drivers and have them approach it a little differently i've been all over the world la new orleans japan spain jamaica and these places they all drive in different ways and cars in different ways and it's always just a cultural shock to take it all in and the differences as well as the similarities and the similarities are always my favorite like we're living on different sides of the world doing all the same thing for the most part i would just say at the foundation, we're all the same. We're all trying to get where we're going. We want to get home to our family safely. We want new independence. We want to be able to seek out opportunities that may be further out and things like that. But then the differences just come in the types of cars and which sides of the road we drive on, what type of gas you use. <laughs> Does your car have lashes or not? This is like the smallest things, but at the heart of it all, we're all just trying to do the same thing. Exactly. No matter where you are, 
We all drive. And not even all of us drive, but we rely on people who drive. We rely on Uber drivers, bus drivers, ambulance drivers. So even if you're not a driver, you respect the drivers, you appreciate the drivers, the drivers in your life that get you where you need to go. Shout out to all our drivers. Speaking of drivers, what do you say is your biggest driving pet peeve? I always see you all ask this question <laughs> to people. And I guess I never think about it, but I have a few. I have so many, of course. I'm a driving instructor. Like, I'm not just a driver. I'm a driving instructor. Everything is a pet peeve to me. Turning on the wrong side of the road. Your turns are too wide. Not using your turn signal because that's communicating with drivers. But it's also when you use your turn signal. Are you using it when you get to your turn? Because you didn't let anyone know that you were about to, you know, like you need to turn, let them know ahead of time so they know to slow down. That's the point. Veering, drifting to the left or right. Whew, that's when my heart come out my chest because you got barriers, you got oncoming traffic. I'd rather you drift to the right than the left any given day. Other driving pet peeves. Don't flinch. If your phone rings, don't even flinch like you want to go to it. <laughs> you're texting and driving. Like, you might not care about your life, but what about mine? I have so many. We can, we can go down the list all day. <laughs> How many do you want? <laughs> I feel the same way as you because we both have really long commutes to and from work. Well, before she switched to remote, that whenever we ask our guests this question and they list a pet peeve, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's mine too. And then it's just like my list just gets longer. <laughs> Thank you for telling me my pet peeves. <laughs> literally, literally, all of them out, all of them out. So I hope, hopefully when people hear these pet peeves, they think about do they do them and it keeps them up at night. <laughs> it convicts them while they're driving and they don't do them anymore. Maybe we're changing the world to be a better place. You guys are on to something. That's the goal. <laughs> Make you rethink your driving. Exactly. I love it. So switching gears a little bit to talk about the future of driving. I know you touched on this earlier, but with flying cars and everything, <laughs> what are your thoughts on self-driving cars? And is this something that you would get into? I mean, I've been in my fair share of Teslas. I think it makes people even more lax, maybe in a negative way. So if it's driving itself, now you're feeling like you can go through and do more on your phone or read it. Like you're just literally daring yourself. Like, oh, I put it on so I could do this. I think for now, we should still pay attention. We should still pay attention until technology continues to develop. But I welcome it all. I welcome advances in technology and knowledge. Let's do it. We're behind. I was supposed to have flying cars. How long? How much longer? <laughs> like, why are we still on the ground? <laughs> Somebody has failed here. I mean, I would just pivot. We teach people how to operate their self-driving cars. That's it. So I don't mind it. I, I love it. I welcome it. And I want to see it. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool to see flying cars. That's the next thing. <laughs> we just jump straight to flying cars. We don't need self-driving cars, just flying cars. <laughs> Unless we can teleport. That can cut out all of that. But until we get there, yeah, let's get some flying cars. It's promise. You would have a teleportation school. You know I would. You know I would. I'd be like, be safe out there teleporting. Always wear your teleportation belt. <laughs> Bonus question time. If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? They're going to hate this. <laughs> It would be that drivers had to get their licenses renewed. You can't just be driving forever just because you passed your driving test when you were 16. A lot of stuff could have happened since then. Mentally, physically, who knows? So at the end of the day, I think they should have to renew their licenses at some point. And they should have to retest because we do have to renew, but they should have to retest. They should, or they should have to do some type of continuing education around driving 
And as self-driving cars come out, you would learn the, the latest laws. Look at me developing the curriculum. This is what I do. But <laughs> you would learn the latest laws. You would learn the latest in the technology, learn hints and tips, the insurance or whatever the case may be. But you would definitely need some type of continuing education, maybe every three to five years or something. I'm not talking about every year, every two years, but just to make sure that people are still fit to be on the road. You're actually not the first person to say that. I feel like other people have also agreed with that idea that you should have to retest. Do you think that it should be a full retest of like when you first get your license or should it be like a modified version of it? It could be a different test, but you should still have to be behind the wheel. And it should still have a law aspect to it because laws change. For instance, that move over law where the police officers are on the side of the road, we have to get into a different lane. Things change. New laws are created. So they would just have to learn those and actually demonstrate that knowledge. And it would be easy. I mean, you might have an attitude about scheduling an appointment and going up there, but you know how driving is. Once you know how to do it, you should know how to do it. Nobody who drives every day is going to fail to drive. Yeah. If you've been driving for that long, you should be comfortable enough to show your skills and pass. <laughs> you should know what you're doing. Well, we're coming close to the end of our episode. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts or any tips that you would like to give other drivers out there, whether they're a new driver or an old driver? My first tip would be if you have any questions or any needs, come to Aspire. So we're here to help. But for the most part, stay courteous. Remember that we're all going somewhere. Some of us are in a hurry. So while you're being courteous, that might mean speed up a little sometimes for people. Get out their way. <laughs> Or it might mean slow down and let them go past you. But at the end of the day, I think the most important thing for us to do is just stay courteous and remember that we're all out here on the road. We all want to get home safely and none of us want to hurt each other either in the process. There are some very steep consequences to doing so. So none of us want to be around that type of stuff or be involved in that type of stuff. At the end of the day, just remember that all of us are humans. These aren't cars on the road driving themselves yet, <laughs> like empty. There are humans in them. There are mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and husbands and wives and babies, little babies and little puppies. Look, that might move some people, puppies <laughs> in these cars. So please remember the humanity of it all. Don't get caught up in trying to get where you're going and just seeing brake lights and turn signals. These are actually people. So be courteous to them, be kind to them, and just be safe. The more courteous you are to others, the safer of a driver you are. Agreed. Very important for everyone to listen to. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. Before we let you go, where can our listeners find you if they want to connect with you? Thank you all for having me. This was so much fun. I wish I could come back next week. <laughs> but no, it's an honor. Like I said, I always watch your interviews. So just to be here is a dream come true. It's my first podcast. You're special as well. Listeners, you can find us on Instagram at Aspire, A-S-P-I-R-E, Driving Academy. Online, you can find us at www.aspiredrivingacademy.com. We are here to help in any way possible. Just call us. If we can't help you, we'll let you know, but most of the time we can't. Thank you all again. I feel like we could have chatted with Key for hours. She has so many stories. I feel like we just like grazed the surface. Yeah, we, we could do like a whole season just on 
driving instructing. And I'm sure since the last time we chatted with her, she's probably has so much more yep. to share. So yeah, we would love to have her back on if she's willing to come back on. I also learned so much from her, more than I've learned from my own driver's ed instructor. Yes. The driver instructor that I had didn't teach me anything. So I feel like I learned more in this conversation than I ever learned. I mean, as we told her, if she was there when we were learning to drive, I would have driven down to her school so that she could teach us. She would have come and picked you up. She has a pickup service. Oh, that too. And I also love how much she encourages her students and she figures out their learning style and tries to cater to that to teach them how to drive based on their learning. And not just one size fits all. Yeah, which is awesome. And I wish her the best of luck with her driving school. Speaking of driving ed experiences, share with us your driver's ed experiences and what type of driver's ed instructor you had. Speaking of driver's ed, share with us your driver's ed experiences on Instagram at Drive With Us Podcast. And let us know what type of driver's instructor you had. And be sure to stay tuned until the end of this episode to hear a sneak peek of next week's episode with Logan, an everyday driver who has driven almost 1 million miles in his 11 years of driving. He shared with us about the time an angry driver tried to make him pull over and fight with him. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support the show by sharing it with your friends or leaving us a review on Podchaser. It truly does help us get discovered. Thank you for choosing to drive with us and we'll see you all next week. I had to help my buddy. I was pulling like nine hour days to where when he would drive, we'd switch off because he has a narcolepsy kind of tendency when he drives. He finds driving so boring, he will fall asleep at the wheel. But by the time we got to Arizona, all of a sudden the car launched itself around this corner.